Hi, this is Millie, and you're listening to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I will put all this in the show notes. Hi, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Um, I haven't recorded anything because I've been having a little bit of um, podcaster's block, I guess it would be called. I have so many episodes out there that I was having a little trouble coming up with something. And, and maybe part of it is this. The more time passes... The more you heal, right? It's just natural. That's the healing process is forever. But the more time passes, the better you are. And because I don't necessarily want to be headfirst into this narcissism, toxic family, you know, bad mother, bad father, you know, even bad romantic partner. All the time, I just haven't, you know, I couldn't come up with anything. Um, so I put out there, I put a post to get some ideas. <laughs> and and I've done that in the past. Um, but this time has been, I think, my biggest block ever. Like, I couldn't think of anything. Um, I was, I had started doing a podcast about the Gilmore Girls because it's it's so obvious in the Gilmore Girls, the narcissism um, with Emily, right? Emily Gilmore. But I don't know how many people watch the Gilmore Girls, right? It's really difficult to say, to, to do a podcast and half of you or whatever that are listening or don't even know what I'm talking about. So... I was like, no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna finish that podcast. I'm just gonna I have to come up with something else. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm grateful for the one idea I got so far. That does not mean by any means that I'm not gonna consider the other ideas because guess what? That's just one idea, and I need more ideas for more podcasts. Um, I will, you know that I am gonna consider the ideas that I get, unless it's a podcast that I just put out there, right? Um, So what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about how narcissistic children of narcissists, adult children of narcissists, think that they could be narcissists, okay? And that's a great topic, Okay, it's a very good topic because it crosses every single one of our minds at one point or another. Okay, now the short and quick answer to this is just the fact that you're thinking that maybe you're a narcissist means that you are not a narcissist. Because one of the traits is being unable to look inward, 
Okay, being unable to look inside yourself and question your behavior. A narcissist believes that they are always right, period, end of story. And part of the reason that they don't look inside is because they're afraid of what they're going to see, okay? Remember, the basis of a narcissist is the the self-loathing, right? It's the fact that either they've been hurt. Now, this is not every case. I used to think it was every case, but I've seen with my own two eyes that it's not every case. A lot of the cases, the person who is the toxic person is afraid to look inside of themselves because what they're going to find is self-loathing, self-hatred, right? That's what the facade is all about. That is, is what the abuse is all about. It's about putting someone else down so that they don't feel so horrible about themselves. And they will never look in inside themselves to see, hey, this is, I'm the one who's screwed up here, okay? So just the fact that you have questioned whether you are the narcissist means you are not a narcissist. Now, I want to go back to what I said before, and that is that I've seen with my own two eyes that this isn't everybody's situation. No, it's not. Not every narcissist has that kind of sludgy, disgusting cesspool inside of themselves. Some narcissists are created because they were told growing up that they were the best thing that ever happened that they could do no wrong. And then they have an elevated sense of self. These are more of the overt narcissists, right? The ones that walk in a room and all the attention must be on them. These people are just plain evil because it's not that they were abused. It's more that they learned how to be that way. And that's my cousin, okay? My mother's nephew, the one if you've listened to my podcast in the past few months, the one who has decided that it is his place to be with my father since my mother died, so not to give me a chance to mend any type of relationship with my father, he's he's that narcissist. And, well, I'm not going to get into my personal situation there. I said a lot in those podcasts about him and my dad and all of that. I've actually, for the most part, come to a place where I'm okay with the situation. Um, My dad has to live with his choices. Um, My cousin pretty much can go suck a lemon because I really don't care what happens to him. I don't, you know, as far as he's concerned... I don't care. It's my dad, the one that's going to suffer the consequences of choosing my cousin over me. And my cousin's going to disappear because he's selfish and he doesn't care about his kids or anybody else. But that that's another story. Anyway, so does that mean that we are 100% free of narcissistic traits? Absolutely not. Okay, that's the bad news is that 
we have narcissistic traits because we were raised by a narcissist. And there's a lot of things that we thought were the right thing to do or this was the right way to behave. And it happens a lot when you are when you have your own kids and you may use some of the tactics that were used on you on your own kids without realizing that they're toxic. Now, I knew that when I got pregnant, I was 27 years old. And I remember from the very first moment thinking I'm raising this child the complete opposite of the way I was raised. And yet, I made mistakes. I still made mistakes thinking that this was the right way to raise a child because I was I I didn't know you we cannot know how to be a hundred percent good parent. Now that doesn't exist, right? A hundred percent good parent, but you know what I'm saying, right? The kind of parent that's supportive, that um feeds the child's interests that teaches them to be independent, that um, doesn't constantly bring up, hey, how come you, you know, how come you got an 85 instead of saying, hey, an 85, that's pretty good, right, on a test. Those things are not taught to us, so we may do, we may not react to those things the way we should. But the important thing is, kind of seeing what narcissistic fleas we've caught. And I'm still in that process. Like I see myself do or say something and go, holy crap, that's my mother. That's not me. And having to step back, reflect on what I said or did, apologize for my action, and be mindful of it because you don't want to repeat the same mistake again. So we've picked up fleas from our parents, from our mothers, right? We've picked up fleas. And I can give you an example. Um, my, my daughter was about seven years old. And I hate this story because it causes me pain. It just does. Um, So my daughter was seven years old. And we were at my parents' house, actually. And we had to go home. It was a school night. We just had to leave to get dinner ready, you know. And she just didn't want to leave for some reason. She didn't want. She was little, you know. She gave me a hard time. She was, we were in the driveway of their uh, house and she was screaming and I I just had it and I said to her I said I'm gonna take you to 7-Eleven because you can leave children there for another family to pick up and I actually took her to the 7-Eleven and parked now of course I wasn't going to leave her there this was just to scare her but I was sitting in the front seat, and she was crying in the back seat, in her her booster seat. 
And she grabbed onto my neck and she was shaking. So, funny enough, uh, my cousin, the one that I mentioned before, happened to be there. And he, I guess I told my mom what happened and, and, and I told her that I, that that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And my cousin even chimed in the next time I saw him. He told me, well, you know what are, you know, he had his opinion on it. It's like, who the hell are you to tell me anything? But that's besides the point. It's just that I remember him telling me something about it. I don't even remember exactly what he said. Um... So, these are the steps I took. I apologized to my daughter at that point when she was seven. I told her I made a mistake, that I was not going to leave her. Right? I don't want to cause her abandonment issues. Right? Because that's scary. That is, what I did was horrific. And she was so little. She, how could she understand? So as my daughter got older, I kept apologizing for that. When she was like 12 years old, I said, you know, remember that day? I'm so sorry I did that. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done it. And, I, you know, I never did anything like that again. So my daughter knew. It got to the point where my daughter was like, Mom, can you just stop apologizing? I know. You know, I know you didn't mean it. You haven't done it again. So I I didn't have to apologize anymore. I guess she was getting sick of me apologizing. Because I felt so guilty. So right then and there, I mean, it's not that I questioned whether I was a narcissist. I knew I wasn't a narcissist, right? Because a narcissist would not have felt guilty, would not have apologized to their kid. You know, children are, not, are objects to a narcissist, not human beings. But that was a flea, right? Because that is something my mother would have done, right? My mother did threaten to abandon me several times while I was growing up. Not only abandon me, but made me think that she was dying while I was growing up. As it turns out, she was perfectly fine. She died this past year, right? She was 80, almost, just about to turn 81 when she died. So I never thought I was going to be 46, almost 47. Our birthdays are three days apart. When I, when she died, I thought I was going to be possibly, I mean, in elementary school, then in middle school, then a teenager, then a young adult, then I was like, okay, well, now it doesn't matter. I'm a full-grown adult, and I had to put up with her (laughs) until I was 46 years old. Anyway, so the point that I'm trying to make here is that, no, we're not narcissists. So you can rest, rest easy that you're not a narcissist, right? If it's ever crossed your mind, and every single one of us have had that thought, including myself, when I first realized what a narcissistic person was, and I did my research, I wondered, can I be a narcissist too? But the the fact of the matter is, is that we're not. And I know that you can read symptoms 
of anything, right? Just like when you have a pain somewhere and you go on Google, don't do it. Please don't do it, especially if you're an anxious person and it's the anxious people that do this. Um, Don't go on Google to try to diagnose yourself because you're just going to end up with cancer, right, as, as your disease. Don't do it. Please don't. But you can look at symptoms of anything, like what what are the symptoms of a narcissist and go, well, I put up a facade with people. Yeah, we do. Everybody has kind of a public facade that's different from who you are at home. But it's not an extreme case, okay? Our facades are a lot closer to who we really are than the facade of a narcissist. A narcissist needs to be praised by the outside world and then they're bad people behind closed doors just because we're different people just different when we're out in public or out socializing than when we're at home doesn't mean that we're narcissists it just means that we're different you're not going to behave this you're you're not going to be in your underwear and farting for example when you're out and so (laughs) socializing Right, but when you're at home, hey, let it rip, right? So that's the difference between a narcissist and our our normal facades, uh, just being a human being, right? And the fact that we aren't constantly scheming, right? Because that's what narcissists do; they're constantly planning things to do to hurt other people, to hurt you right? They're finding ways to do it. Sometimes they'll they'll come up with something on the spot to hurt you. And then sometimes they do it. It's planned. Guys, if you hear the doorbell ring, I'm sorry. It's a delivery. And I don't want to stop the recording. See, there's a delivery. And I don't want to stop for the, the recording. Um, I ordered something. Okay, <laughs> he's leaving. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's over. Um, so just because we have narcissistic fleas, going back to that, right? Having the narcissistic fleas. Or what I was saying was that we can fit, we can look at anything and kind of say, but but I have a facade and sometimes I hurt people and, you know, Okay, that's part of being human. It's the extent to what we do things and how how we behave. Like I said, narcissists spend all of their time scheming to hurt you. Okay? They spend all of their time scheming to hurt you. Are you hurting people purposely? I mean, are you, do you spend time planning on how you're going to hurt your coworker tomorrow? No, right? If we hurt someone, it's by mistake or because we had a mistaken belief, like I just said, right? So where's the other area where I've seen narcissistic fleas in myself? And this is probably going to be you too, right? Maybe not the exact same situation, but similar with my relationship with my husband, right? Sometimes I see the control my controlling side and I have to step back again and say 
that's not right. And and when we fight, right, if we have an argument over something and I I just hear my mother, right, coming out of my mouth. Again, I have to step back. As a matter of fact, I had a big fight with my husband the other day. My husband is a great man. He is a great man. But I think he has ADHD that has been undiagnosed. And it's not because I looked at it. It was something else that I saw. And it made me realize that I'm pretty sure because we've been married for 14 years. And I just... Let's just put it this way. I've made connections and I'm pretty sure he has ADHD. And for the person who doesn't have it, it's, it's, it's difficult. Because these people with ADHD, now please don't get angry at me. I don't know much about it. But from what I've read, they put things off that they don't want to do. And that's one of the issues I have with him is that there's something really important that he needs to do and it's been many years and he hasn't done it and I get really angry and I have to learn to deal with this. I have to learn to accept that he's not doing it on purpose to hurt me, which is how it feels to me. And I and I understand now, but I don't know if my feelings are going to catch up to that. Anyway, so we had a big fight and I called him names and I said things that were awful and... Again, um, sorry. The guilt was so great. The next morning, that night, the next morning, it just, it was so great. And I didn't know how to apologize. I did apologize. I'm not saying I didn't. I just, it was so, so much guilt. I didn't know what to say. Um, I did apologize to him. I told him, I'm sorry. And I tried to remember the specifics, but I couldn't remember everything. Um, and I'm going to try and not do those things again, right? And say those things again. So that's how I know I'm not a narcissist, is that we have feelings. We have real feelings of guilt when we do something wrong. Right? We have a conscience. It's not that we're perfect or that we never do things that hurt other people. The best person on this planet has someone who doesn't like them. Do you realize that? I know that, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I really, it doesn't bother me that there are few people out there that don't like me. So what? So they don't like me. That's fine. It's not necessarily because I hurt them. It's just because, you know, whatever, something happened and they just don't like me. Uh, Feeling is probably mutual. (laughs) But we, we don't purposely try to hurt people, you know. And if we do, you know, I've had a few other situations where I've hurt somebody and it's been years and years and years. And it's like, well, no point in trying to stir that back up. It it happened. I'm sorry it happened. At the moment, I didn't even realize it was hurting the person. Um, Sometimes we just have to forgive ourselves and 
move on, right? In um, AA, and I, I, I hope this is real because I'm getting this information from Mom, the TV show. You can do a living amends, right? When you can't uh, do an amends to the person that you hurt, you do a good deed in place of that amends, right? So that's something that you can do if you can't you know, apologize to someone you've hurt. But so we're not narcissists. We're absolutely not. But we were raised by narcissists. This is all we knew. Remember, our childhoods were wrong. There's no other way to put it. We were raised in a way that we weren't heard. We weren't seen. We weren't safe. So the things that we've developed have been coping mechanisms, right? A lot of us, all of us, have mental health issues, right? Anxiety and depression. Because we grew up having to, you know, scan the house to see if if, if mom or dad was in a good or in a bad mood to make sure that they weren't, you know, if they were in a bad mood, that, that we could keep ourselves as safe as possible, right? That's how we were raised. Of course, we're going to pick up some things. Since my mother was so strict with me, I always felt like I wasn't strict enough with my daughter. She's 19 now. And I can tell you one thing, whether I was strict enough, quote unquote, enough with her or not, she has turned out to be a great person who unfortunately also had to deal with toxic people. But but it, it's I'm not going to say it's not me. I made mistakes, but I, I tried. Like I said, I, I always tried to apologize for anything I did. But she also had other toxic people she had to deal with. And she actually decided to move away. And I don't want to give too many details, but she moved and it was difficult for me, but I supported her. She is old enough to make these decisions. And what was I going to do, right? Was I going to chain her up in her room? No, you can't go. No, I supported her. Now, the other people were not supportive, right? She was being guilted and pressured, and she ended up getting very depressed over that fact because she did feel like she was letting her father down, um and the the weird thing is this this is spilling over into raising a child in a divorced situation where the other person's toxic um she's 19 and I I no longer have to have that um co-parenting situation right that's done and I didn't think it was done until I talked to my therapist and told her how much stress I had every time my daughter was here. And because she was, you know, 
away college. Um, when she was here visiting and she would go to her dad's house and then me and her dad and this and that. And, and she's like, well, why are you talking to him? You don't have to do this anymore. And I was like, well, f- hell, <laughs> that's wonderful news. So, you know, I, I, I was able to cut that relationship off completely. Finally, after so many years, my daughter was three when we got divorced. Okay, just to give you an idea of how many years it took me, 16, before I totally let go and said, all right, done, I'm done with him, I'm done with him. But the thing is, I, I'm i never going to be done with him if his wife doesn't stop her ways. She was also abused, psychologically at least, I know a couple of things, as a child, and... She now is abusive. Her own daughter left new to New York. Um, let's say we're not close to New York uh, for college. She just up and and she didn't uh, this Christmas vacation. She was here for like a week or two and decided to go back. She does not want to be here. Okay, and. I'm paying the price with my daughter also not wanting to be here because of her and and him. So anyway, um, I, things. my life has been difficult. But guess what? I realize that life is not meant to be easy. Life is meant to be difficult. Um, but that's okay. Because the older you get, the more you realize that you can handle it. You can handle whatever life throws at you. We are the strongest people that are in on this planet. You and me. And the reason being is we, we learned to survive since we were born. And even if it wasn't your parents. Now, I'm going to say something to you, and some of you may disagree. If you're not, your situation is not the parents. Although, I am i don't know how many of the romantic narcissists I get listening to my podcast. But if you were married or had a romantic partner that was a narcissist and you were with them for many years, you're also one of the strongest people in the world. its It, it doesn't matter, Right? But if you are with a narcissist, a romantic partner who's a narcissist, you most likely had a toxic upbringing and don't realize it. Because what happens is you choose a person who resembles that parent that was toxic. And it's subconscious. You don't know that you're doing it to try and fix that relationship. And what you end up is being in a bad, terrible relationship. Okay, that's what happened with me, you know, with my ex. Um, There's a lot of reasons, but I'm I'm not going to get into it. But anyhow, going back to the original question, I've already answered it many times. No, you're not a narcissist. No, I'm not a narcissist. But we do have fleas. And we have to look and be aware that we have them and that we are capable of making these mistakes. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't make them. 
what we need to to be aware of is look I, I oh crap that's not right i shouldn't have done that i should support my kid right i shouldn't scare my kid i shouldn't threaten my kid and then you come back you sit back you look at what you did and then you apologize to that child because they're human beings they're not objects they're not an extension of you you love your children and you give them space okay and that goes for your romantic partner as well so yeah we have fleas that we have to keep track of, right? And put that medicine every month, like when you have kitty cats and dogs, right? But we're not narcissists because we feel guilt. We look at ourselves and go, am I a narcissist? That, that alone, that's always been my answer on Instagram. You know, when I have someone who comments or sends me a DM, I don't know if I'm a narcissist. I can tell you right now you're not. <laughs> Just asking the question means they're not. A narcissist never asks themselves, am I a narcissist? Am I toxic? Am I a bad person? They don't know it. They don't know it. They think that they're always right. All right, guys. I hope that was helpful. I hope that answered questions for you. And until next time.